We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Twenty minutes a day. Three hundred and sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. What's going on, Packer fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. I am overjoyed to be joined once again by the amazing Alex Strofe, the incredible Perry Goldstein. And this is not just any Monday edition of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. This is the week of training camp edition, Monday of the Pack-A-Day podcast. Perry, Alex, it is training camp week. Finally, how the heck are you guys doing? I'm I'm so excited to actually have tangible stuff to talk about, right? We're two days away. We've been projecting and predicting and, and analyzing stuff that hasn't happened yet. So I'm so I'm so pumped to be in training camp week. Happy Monday. Good to see you both. Perry? Yeah, I'm pumped. Uh, It has been kind of a sports drought overall, especially when your baseball team is playing like poop. So I'm just like, by the way, not a brewer for a brewer fan. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I should clarify that. Um, Mets fan not doing well. So I am really, really ready for football season. (laughs) Yeah, really ready. Um, I also think like this particular training camp and this particular season has like extra hype around it for us Packers fans for obvious reasons. So the anticipation is real. I know there's a lot of uh, hardcore baseball fans out there. And I, I like once postseason comes around, I am you know, ride or die brewers like and I try to keep track of them throughout the course of the year. Uh, but there is definitely a portion of us football fans who their baseball team, their only job is to get us into the football season. Right. Like that is like if if the brewers can get me up until like kind of this point slash up until the regular season, I feel really good about things. And I feel like overall the brewers did their job. They got me to training camp. It's Sal Fralick season. Yes. Uh, or could you possibly ask for so things in Brewerland slash Packer country good maybe not so much for for Mets and and other baseball team fans 
It's what I'm used to. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. At least they didn't spend like a bajillion dollars going into the season trying to make the team good or anything. Not my money. <laughs> not not right. your money. That's true. Exactly. True. All right. Enough baseball talk. Let's talk about football, of course. I haven't had an opportunity yet to talk about uh, the released injury report. Or not injury report, but like who's on the non-football injury list, who's on the pup list. So I wanted to go over that really quick. Grant DuBose and Cameron McDonald, two rookies, seventh-round pick DuBose, undrafted free agent McDonald, end up on the non-football injury list. Meanwhile, Jeff Cotton, the wide receiver, Rashawn Gary, Eric Stokes, and Jake Hansen were initially on the pup list. Jake Hansen has since been taken off. He passed his physical. These players all count towards the 53-man roster. As soon as they pass their physical, they can be taken off of the – or sorry, they count towards the 90-man roster currently. Um, once they pass their physical, they can be taken off, um, and they can start practicing immediately. So none of these players have to miss any time at this point for the regular season. But thoughts initially, Perry, I'll start with you, on the non-football injury list for DuBose and McDonald and the pup list for Cotton, Gary, and Stokes. Anything that stood out to you? No. I I pretty much expected it. I think it would have been more surprising if, and not no hate to the rest of these players, but you're obviously looking at Stokes and Gary because they're the starters and you want to know where they are on track with their recovery. And I think any other designation would have been a surprise. Agreed, Alex. I think she's spot on. Um, I wasn't shocked by any of this. I, I think we are under the, you know, under the expectation that Gary and Stokes will likely miss. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but the first four weeks of the season at minimum. So uh, we'll see. But uh, it, it wasn't. Neither of these were shocking, and the, and the other names, they are what they are. Well, Alex, I have some great news for you since you were oh. out there. Uh, Bill Huber, um, in his article, posted that you know, Stokes was almost a little bit more precautionary, and there's hope that he might be practicing within the next couple weeks. Wow. So we will see if that comes to fruition. I would you know, pump the brakes a little bit. And not that Bill's reporting is Bill's amazing. I'm sure he is a million percent spot on with his reporting. Um, but I just always proceed with caution with injuries like this. So like, you know, maybe hope for the worst, like expect the worst, but hope for the best um, sort of thing. But uh, per Bill, uh, he did seem like there is some optimism that Stokes could be back sooner rather than later. We'll see if that comes to fruition, but to echo what both of you were saying, five players right to start the season on the injury list two of which we completely expected to be on some sort of injury list to start the season and Rashawn Gary and Eric Stokes and if those other three players that start are Grant DuBose Cameron McDonald and Jeff Cotton again no disrespect to those three players that's pretty good news overall to start off training camp on the the injury fronts and again we already saw Jake Hansen taken off the list Hopefully DuBose, McDonald, and Jeff Cotton. I um, mean, I like obviously all these guys are, are hopefully soon to follow. We'll see what happens with Gary and Stokes and their injury progressions. That's going to be one of the big stories of camp. But overall, I felt like this was pretty darn good news. Outside of maybe DuBose, who you never want to see a rookie, especially a draft pick, like miss all of OTAs, miss all of mini camps, rookie mini camps, and then not be ready to start training camp as well. We know how hard it is to get a strong start. You don't want to start behind the eight ball. And unfortunately, it looks like that might be what happens with DuBose a little bit here. Yeah. Just to add, uh, Eric Stokes, if you follow him on Instagram, has been posting a lot of videos and of him training and running, and he looks really good. So I feel like that backs what Bill reported. Let's go. I totally missed all this. So this is good news. This is a good way to start the show. 
It hasn't yeah. been like super like out there, at least in like the Twitter sphere or anything. And, you know, I, Bill kind of put it in his you know article about the pup list and the, the non-football injury list. And it was just kind of in there. And I'm like, there, there had been some whispers about it previously that maybe you could be back sooner rather than later. But again, I just always proceed with caution with these things. But it's great that that reporting is out there. And hopefully that is the case, because I think we'd all like to see Eric out there sooner rather than later um, and getting back to playing the way that he was as a rookie. All right. Any other thoughts on uh, football injury lists or anything like that? Any other thoughts before we get into our bold and spicy hot takes for training camp and preseason? I'm, I'm just fired up to predict some stuff, man. I mean, like I said before, tangible results, actual football, things to react to is two days away. Two days away. I couldn't be more jacked. All right, let's go. I'm going to be at practice on Wednesday. I am, uh, I am in seventh heaven. It is going to be amazing. I'm going to stop at the uh shareholders meeting on monday just like everything's happening it feels so incredible all right can't can't wait to learn about those financials andy fun stuff yeah right exactly stuff coming up yeah alex since you are so fired up and we can only hope to you know contain you we can't stop you we'll (laughs) let you go first give us your spiciest bold take to kick us off oh um all right this this one's kind of Weird, but it's something that's been that's popped in my head the last few days. And, it, you know, I, I'm obviously very deep into Packers Twitter and reading all the fans reactions. And I'm right there with you. And it still seems like there's a lot of Joe Barry skepticism. And my boldest, maybe not boldest, but my bold, my first bold prediction is that by the end of preseason slash training camp, a lot of that Joe Barry skepticism will turn into praise because there's so much investment on this defense, and this offense is so inexperienced, we love to overreact to what happens in July and August. I feel like the defense is going to shine throughout camp, and maybe we're going to pump the brakes on our Joe Barry skepticism because this defense is going to be the biggest storyline of camp. So my first bold prediction is that the Joe Barry skepticism, entering the season, I'm not saying this won't change, but this Joe Barry skepticism will turn into praise uh, come the beginning of September when the season kicks off. How's that to start things off? Alex, I had one very similar to this. <laughs> Good. I had that, like, everyone's fo- so focused on the offense, right? But I, mine was everyone's going to be talking about the defense going into the season. Because you're so spot on. Like, all of the star power that we know of, the proven star power of this team is on that side of the ball. Right. Most of them have been playing together now for a few seasons. There's going to be so much more cohesion, you would hope, going into this, right? So my only counter to that for you is how much do you think the defense is really, like the starters are really going to play in the preseason to show us like what they're really going to look like? Not right? a lot. Think, yeah. But – I still think, you know, some of these, it it goes back to the investment, right? And I'm not even talking first-round picks at this point, right? I know there's eight of them, but a lot of those guys probably won't see a ton of time in the preseason. But I'm thinking some of those under-the-radar guys, right? Like, we've talked a ton about the D-line. We've talked a lot about J.J. and Igbare. I think those types of guys will step up and kind of shine in the preseason. We'll go, huh, we might have something cooking here. I'm just excited to see this defense. I keep talking about mm-hmm. tangible, actual football that we get to watch on Wednesday. Uh, but I, I, that's that's where my head's at. But it's a fair point. So I, I am going to agree with most of what you were saying, but disagree with one key point. So I agree, I think, with both of you. I think the defense will be ahead of the offense to start training camp and, and maybe throughout the entirety of camp. 
I think a lot of buzz will be around this defense. I think more often than not, the, the defense starts a little bit hotter than the offense does. It takes the offense to find some rhythm, especially when you've got a first-time starting quarterback, especially when you've got all first and second year wide receivers and primary tight ends. Like That's going to take a little bit for this offense to get going. So I do think there's going to be a lot of buzz and excitement surrounding this defense to start the season. The one thing I disagree with is, I don't think that's going to change one thing of skepticism at all for <laughs> into the year. I think it is going to take a, you know, we're in week 10 and this is a top 10 defense. And you're like, Oh, all right. Maybe I start to believe it. Like maybe I start to believe it and feel like, so I just think there's, and it's not just a Joe Barry thing. It is the end of the Dom Capers regime. It is the entire Mike Pettin regime. It is all of the Joe Barry regime. Like it has just been something that is in Green Bay for like it's the same thing with special teams, right? Like even if like the special teams as like a blocked kick in the first week, it'll all be like, oh, here we go again. Last year was just a, and last year wasn't even that great for special teams, right? But like it, we just have this deep seated and deep rooted like the defense is going to suck, the special teams is going to suck. Somehow the offense will work, and like that until we see tangible change, like in a real major way in a regular season. I just think it's going to be hard not to be somewhat skeptical going into the regular season. That's the one thing I'll disagree with, but everything else, I, I agree with you guys. A million we percent. do have defensive coordinator PTSD right now. <laughs> we do. Oh, goodness. Yes, we do. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you asked for hot takes, Andy. I'm giving you hot takes, all right? I, love- I, I, I totally agree with everything you said, by the way. But I, I it's a hot take. I, I, I mean, I just hope I'm right on this one, right? Because I do too. I, I, I'm, I'm in the camp that I think Joe Barry made probably should not have a job right now. But nonetheless, he's still here. He was retained. I get it. I, I understand the investment level. This defense should shine, be one of the top 12, 10, de- top 10 defenses in the entire league. So I'm just hoping it comes through here here early on in camp and into the preseason. All right, Perry, your first bold, spicy preseason take. <laughs> um, I guess I'll just – my I have one that kind of piggybacks off Alex, so – I will do that, but I don't know how hot of a take this is. But I think that this offense is going to play the starting offense that you think is going to play a lot more in preseason games than maybe fans are comfortable with. Um, I think that the reps are going to be really crucial going into the season. And it's a bit of a give and take because you don't want LaFleur to like give away the farm right on tape in preseason. But I just think between the lack of live reps that love has and the lack of reps that most of these starters are going to have together, you're going to see at least like a good half to three quarters of games with most of these guys out there for a while. That'll be interesting. I, I'm, I'm very intrigued to see what they do with playing time. And I did a full episode on this, so I won't go too into in depth with it, but um the, the ones on offense that I could see maybe not getting a ton of time, Bakhtiari Jenkins and maybe Aaron yeah. Jones. Yep. Like outside yeah. of that, there's not a ton of reason not to play. And then the only thing that then becomes a little bit complicated is how much do you want love out there if Bakhtiari and Jenkins aren't there, right? You know, like, right? And I, but I think you're okay. Like, if you need to go Zach Tom, Royce Newman, Josh Myers, John Runyon Jr., and, you know, Yash Nyman as your starting five in a preseason game when the other defense probably isn't playing their top guys a, a ton, you probably still feel pretty darn good with that O-line. You're going to have your tight ends, wide receivers. You're going to have Dylan, you know, who knows how to pass protect that running back still, even if Jones isn't out there a ton. So I think I think you can get away with that for full halves and still feel very comfortable. I'm just interested. Like, it's totally anti-Matt LaFleur and what he's done so far. This is a different team than Matt LaFleur's had, too. I'm, I'm very, very yeah. intrigued. I just think that there are still so many question marks, right? Like we have all the pieces, oh, yeah. but like 
where do you fall on the depth chart? How much is Matt LaFleur going to use each piece? Like he needs to figure those things out. And I think there's only so much you can do during, um, during practices when you're playing against your own defense, like you have to see how things work on the field. And these guys are literal, just like balls of clay that he's going to need to mold and like slowly, but surely it just takes like a rep here, a series there. Um, right. Like, is Jaden Reed going to lock up the slot? Who knows? Like there's three other options that could do that. Like which tight end is going to be the one that we go into with the season as tight end one. Like there are just way too many questions, but um, I think your point Andy is a good one because you want to make sure love is protected. That's like priority number one. And so I think what they do with the offensive line will tell us how much each player is going to play. Um, not to mention, I'm sure they need to also figure out their backup situation because they're clearly like a little bit confused around what that's going to look like, given they've been rotating some quarterbacks in. But I think you also look at the teams that they're playing, right? The Bengals, they're not starting their starters. The Patriots, they're probably not starting their starters either. Like, what's the last one that they're the Seahawks? Yeah, I think you're right. Maybe, right? Like, so again, to your point, like, are you going up against starting defenses? Mm, likely not with those teams. They're pretty set. So it's just a good opportunity in my mind, but we'll see. That's my bold prediction. I, I like it. I, I think uh, you can tell all four of us, or we're going into our fourth season of the three of us working together because uh, both of you said exactly what I was thinking as you started saying it, right? Like, <laughs> I, I'm fascinated by, by what they do with love in the preseason because I, I don't know if there's a good answer. Right. He needs reps and we're all clamoring to get answers of exactly what kind of quarterback he is. Not that the preseason will give you answers, but we still need to see him on the field. Now, what do they do with those other guys that Andy mentioned? Right. Bakhtiari, Jenkins and Jones specifically. I would be okay with not seeing them at all in the preseason. Right. I would be I would be completely fine with that if we're going into week one and those three guys had zero reps in preseason games. So uh, I like that there's a lot of joint practices on the schedule. I think those are those are really I mean, they're essentially live games just without the quarterback, you know, being live. So I, I'm fascinated by all of this. I'm, I'm really excited to see what happens counting those joint practices as games for the sake of this argument uh, of, of the six. Right. And how much we see love, what he's able to put on, on tape and on the field. And then what happens with those other guys in the receiver room? As you mentioned, Perry, J- Jaden Reed, I'm, I'm really excited to see what he has. We've acknowledged my Big Ten bias a million times. So we will uh, we will see. I'm, I'm pumped, though. This is uh, this is going to be a fun, fun couple of weeks. I, I'm going to start with my least spicy take of the three <laughs> okay. and maybe the least sexy position possible. I'm going to say that Daniel Whelan is going to be your week one starting punter, and he beats out Pat O'Donnell this offseason as the, the number one punter. And here's the reason why. Awesome. I know. It's the best. Uh, but I, you know that if I'm going to go with this in my first direction, that there's a reason I'm nerding out about this because I have a, like a legitimate reason why. I, first of all, the, the punter is not going to change the outcome of this season, right? Like, just, it, this, like, I don't think the difference between Daniel Whelan and Pat O'Donnell is going to win or lose you enough games to make it so that you're any real different than the standings or anything like that. Fighting words. I know, right? <laughs> Daniel Whelan, 24 years old. Pat O'Donnell, 32 years old. Daniel Whelan, uh, a $750,000 cap hit. Pat O'Donnell, $2.375 million cap hit. Daniel Whelan is under team control next year as an exclusive rights free agent, basically a, a team option for next year. Pat O'Donnell is an unrestricted free agent. By releasing O'Donnell and keeping Whelan, uh, Whelan you save over a million dollars in salary cap space. And like I said, I don't think the punter is changing the outcome of this team in any real tangible way. 
So it's not to say that if O'Donnell is just clearly better, that they won't go with O'Donnell. I think that is ultimately the case. But if this is even remotely close and Whelan even comes within a breath of, you know, being in, in Pat O'Donnell's, you know, vicinity as a punter, the easy answer is to go with Daniel Whelan um, or even potentially a different punter if Whelan's not going well. I just I, I don't understand the, the need or, or the reason why you would keep a 32-year-old punter um, for this season. It just doesn't make a ton of sense for me, especially one that's been as sort of mid with all respect to, you know, Pat O'Donnell. It's like he's anything great. He's fine. Um, I just think you go in a different direction. I think Whelan has a little bit of a bigger leg too. So I'm going to say bold prediction. Daniel Whelan makes it. Pat O'Donnell does not. What better way to start off a, a bold prediction? With with all due respect to the punter position, right? As, as Rich Eisen says, punters are people too. And I work incredibly closely with a good friend of mine, Brad Norton, who is a longtime punter in the NFL. I have absolutely zero analysis to respond with. <laughs> I've got nothing here. That's Harry? my goal, Alex, is to, to do enough where I can, you know, dumbfound you enough so that you have no take <laughs> on it whatsoever. I've got nothing. Um, job. I just feel as though Andy makes some great arguments and we will just see what happens. <laughs> Let's just keep yeah, rolling yeah. on. You know what? This team is getting younger, so it tracks. I, I agree. Here's my counterpoint. If you want a counterpoint, I think holding is going to be really important for a first-time kicker, right? I think Anders Carlson, having somebody holding for him that is a veteran holder that knows what they're doing uh, can be very valuable. That would be the one, I think, really strong argument for maybe why you keep Pat O'Donnell. But I'm going – I'm all in on Daniel Whelan, guys. XFL, punter, like I'm, I'm all in. He's going to make it. All right, Alex, number two bold prediction. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, so this is more of a when we get to 53-man cutdown uh, at the end of, of preseason and training camp. But I'm, I'm going to go here. I think the Packers in this first half of it is not bold, but I think they will keep four tight ends. I also think they're going to keep four running backs. Um, I, I think with a first-year quarterback, first-year starter quarterback in Jordan Love, Matt LaFleur is going to want to get innovative. He's going to want to do some different stuff offensively. They drafted a running back in the seventh round, Lou Nichols, out of Central Michigan. And I, I, uh, I have acknowledged a million times how much I love Tyler Goodson. I think he is such a fascinating dude. I think uh, this is the year for him to make the roster week one and, and stick with it through week 18. But I think they're going to keep four tight ends for running backs. Uh, will I be wrong about this? 99% yes. But – uh, we're okay. asking for bold takes, and I like it. I, I actually don't hate that idea. Now, obviously, you have to look at what else you cut, where, where you make room for those extra, uh, that extra running back. But 
Uh, it's something the Packers, I don't know if they've done in a very, very long time, have four active running backs on the roster. Uh, but that's something I would be fascinated by. Obviously, we know those top two guys, but I, I would be excited to see where a guy like Lou Nichols fits in. Obviously, the Packers don't cut a lot of their draft picks. But uh, Andy Andy Perry, we, we've talked about Tyler Goodson quite a bit the last couple of weeks. And we've acknowledged, I think, we think he's a he's a good pick to make the roster this year. So, that that's that. After, as I'm looking at this roster, I think maybe four running backs. I think it's probably very unlikely, but I wouldn't hate it. I'll just say I will take uh, any bet that you want to make uh, against that, <laughs> and I will give you odds. And I would go as far to say I think there's a better chance they keep two running backs than four running backs. But I do like this running back roster. I love me some Tyler Goodson, and it's not completely outside of the realm of possibility. So I like I like the spicy take. Um, Perry, thoughts on that, or you obviously can jump into your your take as well. No, I um I do think it's interesting. I only thing I'll add is that if you look at the depth chart, uh, Patrick Taylor is number three at the moment, not Tyler Goodson. So I just think when you look at um different types of running backs, I think Tyler Goodson is too similar to Aaron Jones, and obviously exactly. Aaron Jones is Aaron Jones, whereas Patrick Taylor brings a good little bit of a different body size, um you know, like style to the position, but um, that would be wild if they kept four running backs. But I think we also have to remember that you have an expanded practice squad. So maybe they don't make the 53, but it's very possible. They keep multiple running backs on the practice squad to bring up across the season. I would, I would think that's likely. Um, One of also, my favorite COVID rules that has stuck around. I, I totally agree with that. But I uh, I probably owe an apology to Patrick Taylor because I, I like to look completely past him. Um, <laughs> He's a fun you're you're like right. That. I'm staring at the depth chart. He's listed as number three. But I, I, yeah. I don't think he'll make the roster. I don't know. You're, I, I just, you're I just, Patrick Taylor stands on packs, which he said. <laughs> He's on the All right, Perry, you're up. Um, I just feel like none of my takes are that bold. Like, I don't, I just feel as though I am not that crazy of a gal. Um, I had a punter take for my first one, Perry. I think you're going to be okay. I mean, the, <laughs> the first one that came to mind, honestly, when you sent this, and again, I don't think is that bold, but like, I just think Zach Tom is going to take that right tackle spot and never let it go. I just can't see a world where this team walks into this season and their starting five isn't Bach, Elton, Josh Myers, John Runyon Jr., Zach Tom. Like, I just can't see it any other way. And I don't really have a ton of, like, analysis. Like, Andy probably has all the analysis to back up this take. I just feel like, given where they drafted him, how much they like him, how much he's rotated in over the course of this past season when they needed that, like, backup spot, like... It just feels like that's where this is headed. Um, obviously, that means like who knows what's going to happen with Yash, but it's really great to have a swing tackle that can move across the line. Like this team has always wanted and needed one of those. I just don't think Zach Tom's the swing. I think he's the right tackle and Yash is the swing. And there's a reason why they haven't gotten rid of him. So that's my that's my bold offensive line take. That's not that bold. <laughs> that was on my preliminary list as well. So I don't think it's that it's that crazy. And the, the only reason it, I didn't put on there is because I thought like maybe people would just. Say like, well, yeah, I, I think some people are, are expecting that. But um, th- there's only a, a couple of way, like, ways, in my opinion, that Zach doesn't end up um, starting. A, like if he's injured, then, then he doesn't, obviously. But like the only other way he's not at right tackle, in my opinion, is if somebody else gets hurt. Um, and then he's starting somewhere else because he has that versatility. And then Yash starts at right tackle. Or if Yash just completely looks amazing 
And maybe Josh Myers then uh, gets a real opportunity where like Zach Tom gets that that center spot or they maybe move you know, a couple other pieces around. But I, I do very much expect Zach Tom to be within the starting five and, and a million percent agree with what you said, that he's going to find that spot, whatever it ends up being. And I think it's probably right tackle and that he's just going to be a starter for the rest of his career in Green Bay. I don't think he's ever relinquishing it after that. It's been a minute since we've had a consistent right tackle, right? I mean, obviously Billy Turner was there for a minute, but I, I would I would love if Zach Tom wins this spot. This was also one of the ones on my list. Um, I, I think, but I think you're right. Like I think it might be an expectation more so than than a bold prediction, but it's something that is is obviously very very relevant right now, right? As we kick up camp in just two days, I think this is, and we we talked about it the last time the three of us got together. With, with these position battles, this is probably top of the list, right? Tackle, what happens there? And, and Perry obviously brought up Yash Nyman, who I think we all love, right? He's, he's a really fun piece. He's been serviceable. He's done a really nice job wherever he fits into the offensive line and when he's fit into the offensive line. But Zach Tom's the guy. I think he needs to be the guy, and I'm really excited to watch this battle play out. Yeah, totally agree. All right, my second one maybe a little bit more spicy and fun. The Packers have a lot of safeties on one-year minimum deals. They've got Dallin Levitt, Rudy Ford, Tavarius Moore, Jonathan Owens, and it feels like maybe they signed, you know, drafted Anthony Johnson Jr. Savage is back. It maybe feels like this room is maybe a little bit crowded already. Um, but when you have, it's the old saying that everyone always says: if you have seven safeties, you have none. And nobody's yep. ever said that. Um, <laughs> that's where I'm going with. John Johnson is still sitting out there in the free agent market. This is not your 33-year-old washed-up veteran safety. He is 27 years old. This is a classic Brian Gutekunst move where he takes a look at training camp and is like, oh, yeah, there's a there's a, a guy or two out there that is still sitting there who hasn't got paid yet and can probably get had for pretty cheap and would upgrade our roster. And John Johnson is exactly that. 27 years old. He's experienced in the system. He played his best football when he was with the Rams, when Joe Barry was on that staff. You know, I think Goot's going to look over this team and say, hey, this team's actually kind of good and maybe has an opportunity to make a, a playoff run. But our biggest weakness is still safety. He would immediately be the best safety on the roster. And he's just chilling out there in free agency. I have to think that his price has probably gone down fairly significantly at this point since he's still out there. This just seems to be a no-brainer to me. And, like, you have no future safeties on your roster. Like, Anthony Johnson Jr. and Ennis Gaines are the only two. Anthony Johnson Jr. is the only one that's under contract for next year. Ennis Gaines is the only one, basically, that's, like, under team control because all the other guys are on the final year on a one-year deal. Like, Anthony – or John Johnson, excuse me, being, like, only 27, that's one of those Devondre Campbell, Razul Douglas sort of things where if he goes out and performs well, you bring him back and you start him next year as well. So – it just it seems to make way too much sense from all angles. And I know they've already brought in some veteran safeties. I'm not super excited about all of them. And like I said, John Johnson would immediately be the best one uh, the day that he enters training camp. So I, w- I would make it happen if I were good at this point. Good hasn't done his big street free agent signing yet of the season. So we're still yeah. waiting for it. I also had this on my list, not at the safety position, but like waiting for that name that they bring in during camp. They are like, huh? Huh? Right. Yeah. So, no, this I like he does it every year. He very this, much does. this goes back to us uh, spending a lot of time together the last four years, because I'm just going to roll into my next one, which is in a similar light, as Perry just mentioned. I feel the same exact way in a different position. Um, and that's wide receiver. I, I pessimist call me pessimistic Patty, but I just feel like there's not enough huh, in this room. Whoa. I mean, like love Christian Watson, love Romeo Dobbs. I like what they're going to be in a couple of years, but 
I feel like once we get out on the field and I'm talking joint practices and training camp, I think Goot might might think, huh, maybe there's a guy out there, right? And I, I'm not even going to name drop because like the Denzel Mims situation that took place this this week from the Jets to the Lions for whatever it was, like a seventh round pick, that intrigued me. And I thought the Packers maybe would have been in on that uh, a little bit more than they were. But now if you look at the free agency list, there's not a ton of sexy names out there, right? Like Byron Pringle and then Keel Harry are out there. Jarvis but Landry. Jarvis Landry's out there. He's too old, though. He, 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 he beats the, the, the quota on the, uh, on the team. You need to be like 25, 26 years old if you want to make the Green Bay Packers roster this year. So I, I just think there might be a move that's, that's small. And I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and tell you they're going to get Julio Jones, right? But I, I think Goot's going to make a, make a move at some point, probably late July, early August. That makes you go, huh, I, I wonder why he did that. And then that guy will end up making the 53. So I think they're going to make a move at wide receiver. That's, that's my, final, uh, my final bold prediction here. Perry, you're taking it back here. I could not disagree more. I like it. Get after I it. I could literally not disagree more. Like, I think that – a, they love how young this team is. B, they have gone up there and said, we want our young guys to get these reps. We want this core to build together. And C, they have missed on every free agent pass catcher they have brought in in Goots Tender. Like he's, I, if I'm him, I'm like, you know what? The definition of insanity is doing something over and over again and expecting the same results. Like, I just think I like my draft picks and I'm going to let this develop. So I agree with Andy on the safety position, right? Because there's no one on this roster that I feel confident saying, oh, they're going to come out of camp and we're going to like have our starting safety all of a sudden. But we could come out of camp and feel very confident about this wide receiver group like as a whole. Yeah, I hope you're right. Uh, you know, I, I, I and, and are you saying Sammy Watkins wasn't a success, Perry? <laughs> I am. I, yeah, that's, I think that's fair. I'm also saying Jimmy Graham, not a success. <laughs> this, is, this is a pattern. Very, very fair. Yeah, no, I, I just, I, I, I view it, I, I, you know, I, I'm scared we're an injury away from disaster, right? And, and, and God forbid, and, and I know you get mad at me anytime I play this game, Perry, but like Christian Watson goes down, right? Then what? Um, and obviously he missed a few games last year. Romeo Dobbs, I like. Is he a number one receiver in, in terms of the NFL? Probably not right now. So it's I, I'm just I'm fascinated with that position. I love the youth. Don't get me wrong, but I'm I'm just a little concerned they're an injury away from something really bad. I guess that's my, my, that's my argument would be though is you know it's the old Indianapolis Colts take is like you don't practice effed like if you lose a a main player you're probably effed right and I don't know like all right so you're gonna bring Nikhil Harry in or like some or Byron Pringle or like somebody like that's not that's not making you any less effed than you were previously there's no team that's looking to jettison a young talented wide receiver at this point you can talk about Denzel Mims I can promise you if the Packers wanted Denzel Mims as part of that Aaron Rodgers trade they could have just said we would like Denzel they were gonna cut him they got nothing for him they literally could have just said we want Denzel Mims a part of this trade and just sort of been like okay like, like the, based on what he got, like, and, and obviously Green Bay did not want to go in that direction. And I think a large part of that is because they have a ton of youth. Like they're going to cut, they're going to cut a, a talented wide receiver already, at least one from this team, because Malik Heath already starting to make a little bit of a name for himself as well. You've got Watson, you've got Dobbs, you've got Reed, you've got Toure, you've got Grant Dubose as a seventh rounder, Dontavian Wicks, Malik Heath. There's a little Bo Melton hive going on out there. Like you're going to end up having to release a, a couple of those guys as, as it is you go out and get a, another guy. And now you've got to release 
three of those guys potentially, or, you know, maybe Dubose ends up on the injured list or whatever. I just think they like their youth. I think they want to see these guys grow with Jordan Love. And I think the last thing I want to see is another Sammy Watkins or uh, another, you know, Juwan Winfrey or anyone sniping snaps from these young, more talented wide receivers. The only thing that they need in order to get better is more time and development. Get them out on the field. Even if Christian Watson is out, all right, cool. You know what? Next man up, Romeo Dobbs, Jaden Reed, Samari Toure. Let's see what you got. Tontavian Wicks, let's see what you got. And you know what? This is not the same team. Like, you've got a Luke Musgrave. You've got a Tucker Craft. You've got... Jones and Dylan, you've got other options that, you know what, if, if your top guy is out, we can go in a few different directions. So I want to see these young wide receivers play as, as much as possible. I want to see almost as many young players play as much as possible. And I'll, I'll actually, that, that lends itself really well into my next and my final bold take. And then Perry, we can end with yours, but I think we could see a legitimate veteran purge at cut down time. And I'm not talking any like major names here, but if you are over the age of 25 and there is a 25 or under player on there, I know I'm so I'm listen, it hurts me a lot. more than it hurts you. Um, If you're over the age of 25 and there are younger players on this team that are 22, 23, 24, I would be on high alert for your roster spot. Royce Newman, Jake Hansen, Danny Etling, Justin Hollins, Eric Wilson, Jonathan Garvin, who's not under over 25. You're but listing he, players that haven't proven anything. No, I know, but hold on, hold on. Despite their Ford, Jonathan Owens, Tavarius Moore, Dallin Levitt, Corey Ballantyne, Pat O'Donnell. Yes, they are players that maybe haven't proven uh, a ton, but these are players that if you have the opportunity to keep a younger version of that same player, you are going to go in this situation with this yeah. team with the younger player. And so it may be all of those, any of those names individually that I just named, maybe not a super bold take in and of itself. I think any of those names I just you know named are certainly on the, they're going to have to earn their spot this, yeah. this training camp, right? But don't be surprised if as a whole, when you get to that 53 man, you know, cut down that if they're going super young and keeping a lot of young, they drafted 13 players, Brenton Cox and Malik Heath are two more on draft. That's 15 potential rookies that are right there on, on that could make your 53 man roster. If you're over eight, like if, if you're over 25 years old right now, I would be very uh, aware of it and know that you're going to have to do everything to make this 53 man roster this year. Yeah. I think the perspective is more like those guys that you listed are all people who have been on this team for a number of years and have not locked up any kind of starter or like depth role. And so at this point, like, what are you bringing to this team? Like, what is your value? Because otherwise, like you said, Andy, we have you in a younger version. So either you're going to show us what you're bringing to the table And for some of those players, right, their tape actually is a detriment to them. Royce Newman, Jake Hansen, et cetera. So why would we keep you if we can keep the younger version of you who maybe can develop into something that you haven't? Totally agree. Damn. That that was cutthroat. It was kind of badass, Perry. I enjoyed that. Um, But like, I'm, I'm actually all in on like a full blown subscription to the youth movement. And I'm curious to see if if that does work out towards the end of uh, camp when we get to cut downs. I think you're probably 95% right on the names you named. And I'm not going to pick one out that, that I disagree with, but I'm very fascinated to see the direction we go here. uh, Come, come a month and a half from now. So I'm going to end on a more positive note. Yes, thankfully. Thank okay. you. I call this last bold prediction, a star is born. <laughs> and it's similar to Andy's, right, where I don't have one particular player, but 
I think our theme of the show, right, has been opportunity. And I think there's a lot of opportunity for any one of the guys I'm about to list to become a star, right? Like there is so much that can happen. And I think we leave this off season feeling like one of these guys is going to be our next big thing, right? It could be anyone from TJ Slayton to Devonte Wyatt. We could feel this way about Quay after his second season, like even like a backup, like JJ Anigbare, or, you know, you love your guy, Colby Wooden. Like there are so Anthony Johnson, Jr. We said it, the safety position, we don't know what's happening there. And we've already listed out the tight ends, the wide receivers, one of those guys, we are going to leave this offseason like, oh, we might have a star here because there's too much young talent, young, raw athletic talent to not see that in one of them after this offseason. There's, there's a lot of lottery tickets on this team, right? And you just need, you know, a couple of them to pay off and you can, you know, strike it rich pretty quickly. Um, you, you mentioned a ton of them, uh, obviously like the Luke Musgraves, the Tucker Crafts, all the wide receivers, um, the, you know, the, the defense, Devontae Wyatt, TJ Slayton, Enigbare, you know, Lucas Van S. like we could go on and on, right? Like I've loved Carrington Valentine so far and we'll see what happens when the pads come on. AJJ, Anthony Johnson Jr. There's, it, you mentioned opportunity. We've talked about opportunity. If anyone wants to go and grab themselves a, you know, long-term starting spot and starring role in this team, have at it. The, all those yes. opportunities are out there. And there's too many super talented players for it not to pay off in a couple major ways. So love that one to, to, to wrap things up today. I love positivity. Jazz hands, a star is born. That was very well done by, by Perry Goldstein, who is our star of this show. So well done. True story. True story. All right. Final thoughts, friends, before we get out of here, before training camp starts this week. I, I'm just thinking to myself as we're wrapping up here, the next time the three of us get together, we're going to be talking about preseason football. Like we are here. It's football season. This is the best time of year. We've been sitting around waiting, listening and hearing and reading about this youth movement. And now we get to see it in motion. And I couldn't be more jacked up for the new era of Green Bay Packers football, a new starting quarterback, a lot of question marks, maybe more question marks than since like the 80s, right? I mean, there was a ton of questions about this team that we don't know the answers to yet. And now it's here. I am just ready to run through a brick wall. It is time. Andy, I can't wait until you're bringing your bike to practice on Wednesday <laughs> so that somebody can ride it over uh, over to practice. I don't know that you actually do that, but I really wish you do. Um, and and I'm, just, I'm, I'm just incredibly fired up. I can tell. Uh, Perry, final thoughts? I don't know if I can add anything to that. <laughs> um, I'm also fired up. I just think, like, I – my year is divided by football season and non-football season. And I'm very ready for my life to go back to being in football season mode um, and having real football to talk about. And obviously going to be living vicariously through you, Mr. Andy Herman, who's going to be there for every single practice because I live far away and can't do that. So I'm ready. I'm just, I'm ready for all the tweets. I'm ready for the videos. I'm ready to watch preseason games like a nut job. I'm just ready for all of it. 
I've got my Twitter fingers ready. I've been working out uh, in the off season, making sure that they're ready to go for the first week of training camp. So uh, follow on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL, make sure those notifications are turned on. I will have everything from practice for you guys. Uh, I have, I'm going to give one final thought just in case I want to label this 10 bold predictions since we've done nine already 10th and final bold prediction Packers are going undefeated in the preseason three and oh never lost. So that's my, our final bold prediction for the day. You can follow Alex Strofe on Twitter at Alex underscore Strofe. You can follow Perry at Perry underscore Goldstein. Again, you can follow me at Andy Herman NFL. You can follow the podcast at Packaday Podcast. Go make sure to follow their work. Check out Packs What She Said. Check out the Packaday Podcast 365 days a year. We will see you guys tomorrow right here with an all new episode. I'll be back with Alex and Perry in a couple of weeks. But until next time, and as always, go Pack Go.